Well, I'm excited for tonight. We're in a, a series called Wonder, Wonder, and there's a lot of wonderful things that's taken place, and tonight I want to specifically talk to you about wonder in the womb. This message in the very beginning, I will tell you right now, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, and I will only preach what I feel like the Lord always tells me to preach. Before we dive into that, we have a very special time coming up. We always do, and it's our candlelight gatherings. And some people, you know, they just kind of CEO church, and I get it. And what CEO is, they come Christmas, they come Easter, and occasionally. And so um, we, we understand that, but we want to welcome those. And uh, we have cards, and I just want to ask you, now look at me, feel me, because you can be Facebooking, and I wouldn't even know it right now. <laughs> Facebook this just for a minute. We have these cards. I've, I've been handing them out to different folks, and it's inviting folks to the candlelight gathering. We're always believing that lives are going to be changed. Matter of fact, Radian and I shot a commercial yesterday. It's going to be on Fox 28, just inviting folks out uh, to gatherings on Christmas Eve, 2.30 and 4. And so if you could just for a minute fill this, a card might actually save someone's life. Amen. It could. An I got invited to a church in 1986, and it changed my life forever. Just an invitation. And so if you're willing to pass out some of the cards, would you mind raising your hand? Because people are going to run to you right now. And I pray for every hand that's not up that the conviction of the Holy Spirit would fall on you in a major way. Major way. If we really believe that lives, Jesus saves lives, if you really believe in a heaven and in hell, <laughs> come on. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Where's my other people? I hope we got tons of people. Well, somebody might need to get up and help. We got lots of hands up when I start talking about conviction and heaven and hell. and Everybody puts their hand up. Wonderful. That's all true. It's all very true. Thank you for doing that. Hey, we're going to pray and we're going to dive into the word right now. You got your Bibles? You should pull them out. I'm going to be reading through some of the Word tonight. Some of it's going to be on the Sky Bible. But if you have your Word, that's going to be wonderful. Father, we just welcome you. Even as we dive into your Word, heaven and earth will pass away, <laughs> but not your Word. Your Word is a lamp unto our feet, light unto our path. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to thy Word. You spoke it, and it became right existence, creation, the maker, through your word. So we welcome your word now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. it's wonderful what happens in the womb. If you're a parent or a grandparent, you probably get a feel of the wonder in the womb. Psalms 139 talks about the womb a lot. And scriptures I've chosen tonight has a lot to do with the womb. Psalms 139, 13 through 18 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. 
Y'all, y'all, will y'all go with me tonight, 606? Go with me tonight, 606? Good, good, thank you. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them, uh, that before one of them came to be. Just think about that. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. That's how much God thinks about you. <laughs> he thinks about you all the time. Well, that's impossible, Jay. Oh, I can't do that. Well, you're not God. You're not all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipotent. His ways are not your ways. When I awake, I'm still with you. Jail, I, I don't get this womb thing, you know, Western medicine, I'm science, jail, intellectually, we know that the sperm travels, it swims up, flipping tubes, and all of a sudden it penetrates the egg, and there's a, you know, is, is God really part of the conception? Philippians? Philippians. See, if I say Philippians, you're going to remember that. I'm a preacher, so I'm all about Ephesians, Philippians. Right? My bad. You know what I'm talking about, though, <laughs> don't you? Right. Is God part of the conception? Absolutely. We should not reason out the wonder of God. Ecclesiastes 11.5 says this, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in the mother's womb. Thank you. So you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. And so this sermon to me is really different, and I've preached probably hundreds this sermon goes out to all of those who understand the wonder in the womb, but especially to, the, to those that don't understand the wonder in the womb. I invite you to, to listen tonight. I really dedicate this sermon. I, I'm glad, you know, we got a bunch of choir members here, a bunch of believers, but I, I really dedicate this sermon to those who don't know about the wonder in the womb. Those who you may, and this is not at all a political sermon either, if you know me. I just don't really roll that way. But it's, it may be for those who support abortion. That says, J.O., it's a choice. You know, that material in the womb is a mass. Or you haven't really decided this this sermon's for you. You might be here and you might be like, why does my Christian friends, they are so adamant and proponent for life, 
and they're against abortion. This, this sermon honestly is for you because there's beautiful wonder in the womb. This is what I've prayed for you this week. I prayed specifically for you this week, and it's out of Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Because I remember whenever I had all those thoughts and all those, I didn't think about the wonder in the womb. And it was, it, it was a bad place. And then I felt like God opened my eyes to it. And wow, the beautiful wonder that there really is. And, and actually the wonder begins before the womb. It actually begins before the womb. This is what the Bible says in Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you. So would you say that with me before? Before I formed you. Understand that he forms you. And he speaks of before. And he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Wow. <laughs> wow. We can't fathom that. That's wondrous. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Think about that. Before I formed you, make no mistake that God creates, he makes, he forms, he weaves you and I in the womb. Why does he do this? Well, he put his image in us. We're, you know, we, if you don't know it yet, you didn't come from an ape or any of those things. You're the only one that God says, I'm making you, my son and my daughter, in my very image. He puts his image in us. And everyone in this room right here, believe it or not, and I hope by the end of this gathering, you would believe it. God has a beautiful purpose for each of you that were in the womb. Everyone, if you're young, you, you may be 11 years old here right now. I want you to understand, you have a magnificent purpose from God. He's appointed you. He has anointed you. And he has a beautiful, powerful purpose for each person in this room. And it doesn't matter. You, you could say, well, Jay, I'm of this age and, and I haven't even, I, I don't know what it is. Well, Moses didn't know either. But, 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 but he fig figured it out later on in life, past 80. And Abraham, you know, pushing 100. So don't put him in a box because of your age. God has a beautiful purpose uh, for each one of us. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? And th there is a problem, though, and I, I want to talk about the problem today. There is an enemy who wants to destroy the seed of God. I'm going to talk about the seed just for a moment because he wants to destroy it all the way around. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 John 3, 9. 1 John 3, 9. And if you read all of 1 John, you'll get the, kind of the whole picture of it. But 1 John 3, 9 says, Whoever's been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's been born of God. Now, this born is that being born again. It's important that you, you know that, that, that when a person's born again, the seed of God comes in us. I am the temple of 
three or four peoples here tonight. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in me. There's a seed of God. The Father, when I'm born again, the seed of God remains in me. Are you following me? That seed there. That seed there. Here we go again. You're going to be like, J-O. That, you know what that seed is in the Greek? Sperma. That's the word. So I don't need to go into that. He speaks to one who's born again, and the enemy wants to destroy the seed when you're born again. I mean, it's on like Donkey Kong in a war between you and I. I did not know about spiritual warfare at all until I got born again. And then all hell breaks loose. If you th Listen, if you think serving Jesus is like, ah, oh, any pansy can do that, this is what I say. If you want to be a real man, serve Jesus. Anybody can go and do, raise all the hell, party, sexual immorality, stay drunk. You, anybody, anybody can do that stuff. Walk in purity? Love your wife? Integrity? Holiness? That takes a real man and a woman right there, yo. How many of y'all figured that out? The enemy wants to destroy the seed when a person is born. But the enemy wants to destroy your seed before you're born. He wants to steal the spiritual seed, but he also wants to just take you out when you're born again or even in the womb. Why does he want to? Why does the enemy want to do that? Because... I believe the enemy knows your potential. He knows your potential. You may not be walking in your God-given potential. You may be up in here today and you all doing crack and, 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 and meth and all that, and then you come riding on the, you know, the radar and raising your hands and serving Jesus and on weekend. Listen, God knows all that. God can deal with all that stuff in your life. But I'm talking about the real deal tonight that he wants to... He, he has a very specific agenda. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's a great enemy. He's a wise old adversary that's been around for a very long time. He knows the word of God. And he spoke the word of God to Jesus. And he wants to destroy us. So in the womb, or when you're born, or when you're born again, the enemy wants to to come and destroy your life. Have you figured that out? Okay, you blame it on your husband. You're like, you're trying to destroy my life. No, it's not your husband. It's the devil. You say, well, blame everything on the devil. No, I'm, I'm, I, this is what I'm saying. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and the Bible makes it very clear that our war is not against flesh and blood. Okay? Are you following me? Okay, we're going to move on. He wants to steal and kill, destroy your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. He wants to destroy them all. Where did it begin? It began way back when, thousands of year, years ago, in Genesis 3.15. Let me read this scripture so you understand where the war began. After Adam and Eve sinned, 
we know that all hell literally broke loose. And this is what it says, Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, capital S. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise, capital H, his heel. There is a war with the devil, the enemy, and your seed, the seed that's in you, the seed of your children, and so forth and so on. Enmity, uh, that is hatred. Can you, can you feel the kind of war that is? Pure hatred. That's what that enmity means. It, in the Hebrew, it's hatred. Okay? You need to be aware of this. The enemy hates your seed. Here's a beautiful scripture, Psalms 127, 3 through 5. Would you hand me those right there? Thank you, Gavin. I just like to have something in my hands because it kind of goes with the scripture. The Bible says, behold, children are a heritage. Would you say that with me, heritage? heritage. That word heritage, it means inheritance. If you look it up in the Hebrew, you'll find that it means heritage, and it also means heirloom. Your children, that's one of my children's right there, bald-headed dude, he's one of my children's. That's my, one of my children's, Jamie right there, and these two right here, twins, are my grandchildren's. They are a heritage, an inheritance, an heirloom from God, Okay? I want you to begin to grasp the wonder of the womb tonight, okay? So it says this, from the Lord, that's where they're from, from the Lord. Oh, I hear my little twin. Yes. Yeah, it's okay, baby. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry. You don't have to run out, Jamie. It's okay. He got just a little bitty... Listen to what it says. The fruit of the... Is it up there? Okay, go with me. Go with me. The fruit of the... Not the loom. The fruit of the... Fruit of the womb. Fruit of the womb. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. These are arrows. Your children are inheritance... They're an heirloom. They're arrows in the hand of a warrior. That's how you raise your kids right there. That's the wonder that they are. Arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man whose quiver full of them. Full of this heirlooms full of an inheritance, they shall be unashamed, but shall speak with the enemies at the gate. To me, you know what that means? My heirlooms, my arrows are going to speak at the gate about the enemies, towards my enemies. That means that they are leaders. You're raising up leaders. They're wondrous. There are wonders in the womb. He tried to destroy Moses. 
Moses was a great leader, a great leader, but he tried to destroy Moses. When God's people in Egypt would grow and multiply, they would try to snuff them out, and as they try to snuff them out, guess what would happen? They would just continue to get stronger and abundant. The more they afflicted them, the more they multiply and grew. And the, the king, Pharaoh, got real insecure about this, got real concerned about this, and so this is what the king says. The king in Exodus 1.16, and he said, when, do, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, you shall kill him, but if it is a daughter, then she shall live. Okay, so we're going to go after the seed. Out of his insecurities, the more they afflicted, the more they multiplied and they grew. There's a whole sermon in that for when you go through afflictions. I don't got time to go in that tonight. But I'm going to tell you right now, we go through troubles and afflictions. You better watch out. Here it is, one of the greatest leaders of all time, and the enemy is trying to take him out going to kill every baby boy that comes out, right? And so all of a sudden what happens with Moses is that he's hidden away for, uh, I think it's like two months or something, three, three months, hidden away for three months, and he's in a little bush, little, 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 little boat, right, in the river, and the daughter, Pharaoh's daughter, comes and finds him, right, and takes her, raises him up, even connects him with his real mother to breastfeed him and so forth and so on. And Moses becomes this great leader, right? And I, there's a whole sermon on Moses that I got to really be careful because I could go off on. Because Moses, here he is. Man, am I a prince? Am I a slave? Am I rich? Am I poor? Am I Israelite? Talking about identity. Am I Egyptian? Am I a king? Am I a prince? Who am I? What am I? All of a sudden he murders and he's a vagabond and he's a fugitive and he runs for his life and he's on the backside of the desert for 40 years. I don't have time to go in that tonight. I wish I did. I really wish I did because he's such a great leader and the enemy wanted to destroy him. Straight up, one of the greatest leaders of all. The, what if Moses would have been killed at that time? He's only the greatest deliverer of all time. Yeah. Pastored a church of like over a million. Huge church. So let's talk about not just a great leader. Let's talk about the greatest leader of all time. Yeah. Let's talk about his womb. The greatest leader of all time, bar none, is Jesus. Why he, he never sinned once. He never made a mistake. He never made a leadership mistake. Greatest leader of all time. But let's talk about the womb just for a minute so that you can admire the wonder of the womb when it comes to Jesus. Luke 1, 37 through, 31 through 37, and it says this. And this is a beautiful story. Gosh, I wish we read it more than just around Christmas. It's such a wonderful story. It says, and behold, you will conceive in the womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. By the way, let me just tell you how wondrous this, this womb story is. This is God in a womb. Yeah. Just so that you grasp the fullness of it. 
He shall be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? If you know that word no, that means they haven't had, she's never had sex. She's a virgin. That's, that no is a very intimate word. Moving on. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit, wow, get pregnant with the Holy Spirit, somebody. Amen. Talking about the seed of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And now, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her, uh-oh, old age, beyond childbirthing years. And this is now the sixth month for her uh, who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Ooh. I need a miracle. He is a miracle. Nothing's impossible with God. Now, before we move on to the greatest leader, let me just talk three scriptures about the womb of John the Baptist. Three scriptures real quick about the womb with John the Baptist. Listen to this, Luke 1.15. For he, this is John the Baptist. Everyone say John the Baptist. I don't want to mix you up real quick. Jesus, John the Baptist, they're cousins. One's making the way for the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. And it says this, all about the womb, all about the womb. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, John the Baptist. And he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Not when he's 30 years old, hands laid on him at heart of the city church. When's he filled with the Holy Spirit? Even from the mother's womb. Can somebody say wonder? Feel everybody didn't have to get around him, praying in the spirit over him, lay hands on him, none of that. He's filled in the womb. Verse 41, same chapter. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe... John the Baptist leaped in her womb. Uh, can a baby here in the womb? Absolutely. I talk to my grandchildren all the time in the womb. They're people. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Another verse about John the Baptist, and we're going we're, we're gonna to wrap this up. Just bear with me here. Give me a second here. Verse 44. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Holy Spirit-filled baby, hearing joy. There's wonder in the womb. To see my wife with babies, Whew. to see my daughter, both of my daughters, twins, can somebody say wonder? And you know, what? a lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, let's get back to the, the greatest leader of all time. I'm going somewhere with this. Herod got word 
about Jesus' birth from the wise men. Wise men, you could see they, they're probably linked all the way back to Daniel. Way back, the writings of Daniel. And they travel a long way, probably a humongous group of wise men, so forth and so on. And the Bible says that Herod was troubled. Here is another insecure king. Wise men, well, Herod says, hey, when you find where the kid is, let me know. And the wise men gets a dream. And the wise men through the dream was warned, don't you go back to Herod. And then Joseph was warned in the dream also, right? And why? What, what was going on? And then now Herod is upset about the greatest leader of all time. And look what takes place this time. Here, he's after the seed. He's after the seed. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men and exceedingly angry, and he sent forth to put to death all the male children were in Bethlehem in all the districts from two years old and under. You seeing that? Just feel that. According to the time which uh, had been determined by the wise men, when was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet. And I could go on about wonder in the womb with other children, mothers in the Bible, believe me. We could talk about Sarah and Isaac. You're going to have a baby in your 90s and 100s, so forth and so on. This is real stuff. Hannah, Hannah all of a sudden having the greatest prophet of all time, Samuel. Elizabeth, here we go, too old to have a baby and John the Baptist, wonder in the womb. The wonder was before the womb, the wonder was in the womb, infants responding to the voices outside the womb, the Holy Spirit filling the babies in the womb, the Savior Jesus spoken of before the womb, Moses the great deliverer, Samuel the great prophet. The enemy wants to destroy before, after, any time the seed of God. How many of you, now, now bear with me, this is where it's going to get kind of, we're going to get gritty. Can you handle grit? I, I know you say that. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if you really can, but I know you say that. That's okay. How many of you agree that it's barbaric to go and slay all the babies, males, two years and, and all, under in Coeur d'Alene? How many of you agree with that would be barbaric? You agree that would be, thank you. Is it barbaric to slay all the male babies uh, at birth in Kootenai County? Now, this is what was going on. You with me? But in America, mothers go into a sterilized doctor's office and over 63 million killed since 1973. Sixty-three million since nineteen seventy-three. I was talking with, and, and it's, it's not just amongst people that's never experienced the wonder. I'm not here to pick on it. This is just a story. I'm not here to hurt anyone. There was a lady that I was working with, her husband, and she got pregnant, and they had some difficult times in their first pregnancy, and all of a sudden, she wants to get an abortion, wants to take a pill and kill the baby, and I'm just begging them not to. Man, we'll, we'll do whatever we need to do, and all of a sudden, she goes ahead.
according to WHO, W-H-O, that stands for World Work Health Organization. Listen to this real close. Here, don't, here, here, listen to me real, you, will you listen to me? Okay, here we go. Every year in the world, every year, there are estimated 40 to 50 million abortions. This has nothing to do with politics. Nothing. This, I'm talking moral God Bible. 40 to 50 million abortions in the world. This corresponds to approximately 125,000 abortions per day. Per day. See, people don't, don't, they don't understand the womb. They don't understand the wonder of the womb. There's people in this room right here, I guarantee you, with all the statistics that I've looked up, definitely probably has had abortions in this room. Now, there's grace for that forgiveness and healing. And man, God, please, yes, absolutely. I'm not here to slam on anyone. I'm just begging that people would grab a hold of the gravity of the beauty of the wonder of the womb, and that would never happen again. In the U.S., where nearly half of pregnancies, everyone say that with me, half, are unintended. Half pregnancies are unintended. That means that you should stop having sex. No, straight up. You should stop having sex outside of wedlock. Half are unattended, uh, unintended, and four in ten of these, four in ten of these are terminated by abortion. There are over 3,000 abortions per day. 22%, 22% of all pregnancies in the USA end in abortion, excluding miscarriages. Many are blinded to the history and the strategy of the enemy. Many have lost or they've never known the womb, uh, the wonder in the womb. I, there was nothing in, inside of me tonight other than God's love to share this with everyone. And my, my heart and hope with eyes would be open and you wouldn't, you wouldn't do this. I've had abortion and I'm mad at you, J.O. And I'm going to stand up for abortion because I've had abortion. You can't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not what I'm trying to, to do tonight. I'm praying that God would open our eyes and we sing a, a song tonight. We need a miracle. God is a miracle. We need a miracle in this area. A miracle. Well, J.O., it's been legal and it's legal in many places. It's a choice, J.O. I would say this very straightly. It has been legal, and it absolutely is a choice because God gives us a free will. But it is a wrong choice because it is absolutely the murder of a baby. And you see it all through history from the get-go Genesis 3.15 all the way to now. He's after the seed. It's actually really illegal because it's murder. It's murder of the most kind and the most vulnerable people on the face of the earth. 
babies. I want to read a scripture in closing because people can use things like it's a choice and, and it's legal. And the disciples from the get-go was, was faced with this. They were brought before the leadership and they were like, you can't use the name of Jesus any longer. It was law. But this is their response. Listen. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. We must, church, sons and daughters, saints, we must obey God rather than man, rather than your professor in college that says, hey, this is only a mass, rather than any lady that's had an abortion that is trying to, it's okay, it's okay. It doesn't matter if we become the less minority on the face of the earth in this area. We must obey God versus man. And I will let you know that if that's you tonight and you've been through abortion, there's, like any other sin, forgiveness and healing. He forgives all of our sins and he heals all of our diseases. He separates it as far as, far as the east is from the west. My heart was that you would walk out of here Wow, the Bible talks a lot about the womb, and it's wondrous. <laughs> Amen.